from the Toast Studios in fabulous Las Vegas, it's the Hospitality Hangout featuring the restaurant guy and the finance guy. We've got an incredible, credible podcast coming to you from RFDC live in Las Vegas. But before we get to it, Jimmy, I have an important message. Important message? Important announcement. Really? Well, yes. All right, let's do the announcement. If there's one constant in the restaurant industry, it's change. Whether you're growing a brand, trying to build cutting-edge experiences for your guests, or a national leader looking to update your tech stack, Toast brings together the proven technology, expertise, and innovations you need to drive change and spark growth. That's right. Toast does all of that. From front of house to back house, corporate teams and franchisees at enterprise brands like Papa Gino's, Waba Grill, Velvet Taco, and many, many others trust Toast to help them stay out of the curve and thrive in a changing world. To learn more, go to toasttab.com slash enterprise. That's toasttab.com slash enterprise. Jimbo, I love Toast. You love Toast. All of our restaurants love Toast. Let's kick us off, and we'll talk more about it. Right. But by the way, before we just jump in, are we not going to talk about the fact that Mr. Change Agent here, Mr. Shatsy, Mr. Change, did you or did you not, sir, once say you would never change your POS? I said I would never change my POS. And, Jimmy, you know what they say? Never. Say never. Say never. You never say never. You never say never. And you know what? We changed. You know, we, we did. We and changed. welcome to Toast. Yeah, well, good change. Toast. All right. Good change. Listen, I want to more formally welcome you all to a very special edition of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the finance guy, and I'll reintroduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy. And thanks for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. And together, we're the personalities behind Branded Hospitality Ventures. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, and, of course, custard. Custard? We love custard. We do love yes. custard. And today, we are coming to you live from the <laughs> Toe Studios at the Restaurant Finance and Development Conference, also known as RFDC, at the beautiful, gorgeous Bellagio Hotel. Jimmy, one more thing I got to talk to you about. One more thing? Yeah. Do you know the number one goal from Toast is to get the message that they aren't just for independent restaurants? They're not. They're not? No, no, no. Jimmy, Toast is, that's an enterprise solution too. Look at that. Yeah. Toast, if you have a lot of restaurants, Toast, check out Toast. We might even have a guest with a lot of restaurants. Yeah, you no, might. a lot of people. I'm telling you. Well, that's why we, why, why do you, <laughs> why do you think we've got the guest here? We're working, we're, we're pitching it, but you know what I mean? But I got to tell you, I did say I would never change to Toast. I never, said that. And never. I, and I got to tell you, and we changed, and we changed. You know what, Jimmy? I got to tell you, we love in Toast. They just came out with Toast Mobile. I get to see all my sales, everything happening, all, all 15 restaurants on my phone. Real-time sales, real-time sales. There's Toast Pay. There's Toast Tables. I mean, they're doing so many cool things. I'm just loving it. I'm loving Toast. I'm loving the restaurants. I'm loving it. It integrates with every 
every conceivable technology it works with. So we're super excited. Let's jump into it, Tim. We've got a big podcast. Yes. Uh, we, we were about to, our new friend and guest, Mr. Chris Dole. Thinks we work for Toast. He's like, yeah, thinks we work for Toast. Well, actually, today we kind of do. Listen, <laughs> we want to bring in our friend, Mr. Chris Dole, president and CEO of Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. This is awesome. Shats, you want to share a few factoids about our friend Chris? I and do. Then we'll, and then we'll bring him into the podcast because he's like, I do. do I ever get to talk or are these guys, it's all about no, them? No, we're going to. We're going to. I have some really great information that I think our guests are really going to love about Chris because he's an interesting cat. Let's go back. We're going back with Chris Dole, president and CEO of Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, 1995. <laughs> We're at Baylor University. Baylor, Jimmy. We love Baylor. It's 1995. Chris plays football. Baylor's got a great football team. But as he's playing football, he's a starting quarterback. Did I tell you this? Or lineman? Linebacker. Linebacker. Starting yeah, linebacker. By the way, when you, by the way, by the one. Yeah, by, by, quarterback of the linebacker. The quarterback of the defense, the linebacker. Yeah, he's yeah. a linebacker. It's a big deal. Yeah, on, uh, not D1. D1. D1, okay. But he's playing and he's loving it. He's loving playing. But he says to himself, you know what? Football's not for me. You know what's for me? What's for him? Restaurants. Naturally. And I love custard, he says. <laughs> and he tells his parents, mom, dad, I'm not going to be a professional football player. His dad was upset. His dad was upset. Mom, not upset because she, he'd get hurt. <laughs> she was very happy. And he went into uh, Marble Slab Creamery That's for 10 years. He loved it. Never looked back at football. Never looked back. IFA, the International Franchise Association, global franchise group for nine years. Bean and Brew's Coffee House, doing great things. Don't know it, but I heard great things. The bean and the Brew. Bean and the Brew. And at Freddy's for three years, he grew the store count from, like, Freddy's when he got there, three stores. Now, <laughs> like, 10,000 stores. No one. Leave, no, not please. even Dave's Hot Chicken grows that fast. Please leave the numbers to me. Please. Go. Well, anyway. Yes. But, but, but I like it. I He'll, think I got it right. I it's it right? close. It's marketing and right. Now tell yes. us about yourself. Take over. 1995. I like your story better than mine. <laughs> it's a lot more exciting. But, uh, yeah, played some football. Didn't work out, and so I did decide to go into the business of scooping ice cream at Marble Slab Creamery. Family was entrepreneurial. Dad had a barbecue restaurant, so it was in my blood as a youngster. And loved the idea of getting involved in the franchise business and also learning a little bit more about restaurant ops. And so I joined Marble Slab, and 11 years later was the executive vice president of the company and sold it to a publicly traded company. And under that group, we built what became global franchise group, which operated six different brands and a manufacturing facility and a bunch of corporate restaurants and then sold that a couple times. A couple times? A couple times. And on the second time, that was enough of that. And so I <laughs> stepped aside and then found my way working for some private equity firms on the diligent side of deals and met a group that was looking at Freddy's. And they asked me as we got close to closing if I'd like to run it. And I said, absolutely. And it's been amazing. Didn't grow it from three to ten thousand, but we have. But it was gone, I was close. You're close. We're about three sixty to five twenty. But okay, okay. But, you know, I had a three. Yeah, you had a three handle on three it. in there. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right, so so I, I appreciate you helping uh, Shazzy shape the numbers. I want to kick things off, and my producer's clearly feeling some love for me or or less than love for Shatsy, because usually Shatsy gets the breaking news. Okay. But today, I'm getting the breaking news. I feel very lucky. I understand that just this week, Freddy's has opened, and we, if we have the number wrong, you'll correct us, but just this week opened its 510th 
restaurant. And in October alone, you opened 12 new Freddy's in nine states. So it is, and not not, not only is it no wonder, but congrats that Franchise Times has ranked you the number 97 uh, fastest growing, best uh, ranked restaurants, uh, restaurant groups out of their top 400. Can you share a little bit more about the growing of Freddy's and specifically what I love how you frame it, Freddy's Nation. Finally, yeah. I think Freddy's Nation is freaking awesome. Yeah. So talk about Freddy's Nation yeah. and, and how, you know, we'll share more about your growing of Freddy's Nation. Sure. Yeah. So we, we affectionately refer to our, our guests that, that love us the most as Fred heads. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> love it. I love it. We got Fred heads. heads. We have Fred heads. Yeah, Parrot heads. And the Fred heads, heads make up the Freddy's Nation. But yeah, we've had tremendous growth. We actually opened our 513th restaurant 13th. this week, but we did open our 500th on October the 3rd. So tremendous growth, looking to develop another, call it seven to 10 new units this year, which would put us at about 65 new restaurant openings for 2023. And then wow. in 2024, we expect to, to beat that and, and also in 25. So tremendous backlog, which is really driven by Freddy's has amazing franchise partners that are aggressive and have really mastered the art of, of opening restaurants uh, with a strong return on investment and building out a, a portfolio of, of units that, that generate nice cash flows and returns for them. So the secret sauce is that we just have great franchisees that are smart and do a wonderful job. And you got a good product, man, but a good brand. Yeah, heck yeah. Our, our, our burgers are made fresh, made to order. Custard is churned fresh daily in our restaurants. And, you know, we're fast for a made to order product. You can get a burger and fries and a, a soda within five minutes at Freddy's and it's all made fresh. So you're not dealing with anything that's been sitting in a warming unit or under a heat lamp. And our guests love that. I think also our hospitality, you will be treated well at Freddy's. We are a friendly group and we're glad that you're taking time to be a part of our day. And we're just trying to create a special moment for you. Yeah, so, I just like saying Freddy's. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Freddy's is a happy name. It's it a very is. fun name. You know, and Freddy's Nation rocks. Yeah. Yes, it and does. Fred heads, you know, let's talk tech. Okay. I mean, you've been in the business for a while. I mean, you know, a lot of restaurant operators like ourselves, I mean, yes, I never, I said I would never switch my point of sale, but going back to it, at the end of the day, the point of sale is like the heart of a lot of, of restaurants today. I mean, it's been the heart for, for years. It's been our single most important point, uh, piece of technology that we've ever had. We never had a lot of technology. Over at Freddy's, what are you guys doing in your tech stack? What does it look like? What are you most excited about? What are, what, what are you adding to it? Talk about your technology sure. stack and how important it is. Yeah. So, you know, I would, first of all, I would agree with you. I think that the, the POS is the foundation of your technology as it relates to your restaurant and your ability to communicate with your POS and, and, and glean great data and, and see it and organize it. And I think that's all, you know, super important. And, you know, at Freddy's we're, we're quite, quite technical. Like we like we like technology and, and really where we're using some new interesting tech is in our kitchen. So we have moved away from your standard ticketing screens that you would read an order off of and a move to a pictogram product that's called Perfect Co. And so what we've done- I've seen that company. It, I love it. It's, yeah, it's, it's got the pictures. It's great. And for us, you know, you eliminate words and, and you replace them with pictures. And so- Pictures tells, Jimmy, thousand words. Picture tells a thousand isn't words. It, isn't that the line? Yes. Yeah. So basically you you tell see, me, I got that line right, everybody. You tell me I get a few pictures of my newsletter and I could, I could cut down the uh, top of the full yeah, section? Yeah, no, but I've seen this perfect. It's like yeah. there's the burger and you move it over and yeah. the bun and the pickles and you see the whole thing. A it's picture awesome. picture not only tells a thousand words, but it saves you a thousand hours of training staff on how to build uh, products. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd lose, you know, there's the language barrier is eliminated because you've got a picture that's showing you how to make the build. And also a piece of technology that we move to on our grill is a press that speeds up our cook of our burgers and creates a more consistent burger and they're faster. And so if you speed up the one side of the machine, you got to make sure that the other side's fast too. And, and the Perfico has really been a, a huge asset in speeding up our make times. That is awesome. You know, yep. to our listeners, Chris clearly jumped into the importance and chat's ass. And Chris was talking about the importance of the tech stack, went right to the back of house. Long-term listeners of the podcast know that, you know, I'm not the golfer of this group. That's Chatsy. I'm good on the 19th hole. But, but you drive for show and you putt for dough. Okay. The back of the kitchen, the back of the house, the kitchen is where the putting and where all the money is really made and lost. Chats asked Chris about tech stack. He went right to the back of house where again, operators know that's where, you know, stuff. That's sex stuff. That's, that's right. Money's that's made. where that's where it really happens. And also, and we're going to move on. But I have to tell you that that for all the success Freddie's having, okay, and for all the tech they're leaning into, the things that Chris quickly said was amazing franchise partners, and it's about hospitality. And as much as brand is obsessed with the tech stack and the importance of tech, this is a tech-enabled business, maybe a tech-supported business. But first and foremost, it's a hospitality business. It's a food and beverage business. It's a people business. We can be tech-enabled, but I never want to lose sight. The tech is a supporting actor. But but this, despite my sharing all that, Chris, um, for all that you've done, what's next for Freddy's? What's next for Freddy's Nation? Yeah, I mean, I think there's – Outside of the tech world, yep. I think you're going to see some broadening of our menu. We have a very narrow menu. We haven't been super proud of our chicken product, and recently we've done a lot of work to improve it. It's, it's quite delicious. And so I think is that, the, is that the new fried chicken sandwich? Yeah, we've got a new grilled and new fried chicken club, which is delicious. And I think you'll see. Tell me about the chicken club. Oh, it's good. Tell me about it. Oh, it's. I know, want to hear about you got the chicken. Chatsy loves a chicken. I love a chicken. Yeah, it's yeah. a great. I, I like mine grilled, so yeah, I go so with a the grilled chicken. A little healthier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Swiss goes fried. Swiss cheese, mayonnaise, lettuce and tomatoes, fried. bacon, yeah. Swiss cheese, mayonnaise. lettuce, tomato, yep. bacon. Yep. What kind of sauce? Mayonnaise. And then I we gotta do tell it, you, man, we do it on a toasted bun. A toasted bun, man. Butter pretty, on that or not? It's pretty tasty. No, I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I think you'll see some broadening of our menu. We'll bring on some new chicken items. I think we're also going to look at some interesting sides that our guests are telling us that they'd love to have at Freddy's. So I think that's that's probably out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Got to have that. a good chicken sandwich today. People have bananas for chicken. Well, we, you know, Freddy's, we under-index. Brand does only about 6% of its sales in chicken. And that's a well, tremendous opportunity. For, man. It's that's a steak right. burger, it's a, baby. It's a burger. But, yeah. hey, we got to have something for those folks that like a chicken every now and then. Like it and respect. Listen, Shats and I started the podcast because clearly we like bringing on friends, bringing on guests and chatting a little bit. We learned along the way that sometimes our guests have a question or two for us. So let's kick off talking back. Chris, we're going to give you the microphone. You can ask us uh, a question or two. I like to say nothing's off the table. Chris, the microphone is yours. Oh, wow. You just turn, turn the table. Turn the table. Yeah, yeah. Pressure. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Pressure. Why don't you wait right. to ask the question? Oh, then think. Uh, well, what I'll about say, the question uh, first? I should wait. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll ask you, Shatsy. So what's the uh, when you look at the industry today, what's what's something out there that's that you find terrifically exciting? What's yeah. exciting? Oh, I think that's a great question. I think I know what he's going to say. You do? I do. Yeah. I, Hold on. I, let's play this. Hold on. Yeah, I think some of the most exciting. No, that wasn't it. No, no. <laughs> I think some of the most exciting things that we're seeing right now. It's it's it really is automation, and I'm excited to see how automation continues to play out in an industry that I would say the dishwasher was probably our most automated thing we've had. Right. Yep. So I think as you know, you hear about the flippy, 
and the chippy and you, you see robots you know doing busing tables and this and that i'm very excited to see how this automation continues to evolve and plays out in the restaurant space as labor continues to be a factor it always has been you know it's it's incredible seeing some of these robotics and the people who create them and come up with these ideas it's really incredible yeah. so i'm looking forward to seeing which ones work best which ones get embraced you know do you have to rebuild your store? Can they be deployed in existing stores? Or does Freddy's have to build all new stores to, 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 to have these sure, robotics? Sure. That'd be expensive um, CapEx. Yeah. yeah and I, then, wanted, and then, I want a new oven. You got to build a whole new store. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, and then is it the, the expense that bringing down the cost of these things? So, it's, so that's where I'm, I'm most interested in seeing. And it's in, and it really early in. Yeah. Well, all right. So now I'll flip the script on all Jimmy right. over here. So with that said, yes. As the finance guy, how do you measure? technology and the the savings that you might see on paper versus interfering with the guests experience in your establishment yeah no fantastic question and actually as, a, as an operator you you've you're thinking about it the right way which is it's always going to have to be how does the tech and any of the innovation impact the guests yep. i think a lot of people uh, who are thrusting products and innovation onto this industry are not thinking enough about the relationship that a guest has with their favorite joints. And I think to me, I think automation first and foremost is going to start to play in an area that is, is first of all, the tasks are somewhat less desirable to the staff. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is that will elevate and leverage the human capital almost in a role of guest ambassadorship and guest enjoyment. Sure. I think about a kiosk, for example, I have a young daughter. She's never seen a toll booth collector. I don't know if she's going to remember a cashier at a quick service or fast casual restaurant because I think we can have the replace the, the cashiers with the kiosk, which does a great job with pictures and, and imagery and, and, you know, kind of bundling solutions, but equally important, let that cashier or the, the right person become a guest ambassador standing among those, 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 those kiosks and interfacing and interacting and ensuring the guest is welcomed and then helping them through it. And a, a, a smaller staff could probably cover a large number of people who could use the support. And meanwhile, I think they'd find that to be more hospitable from being welcomed and then brought to the kiosk. So there's an example of, I think the innovation is the kiosk and then promote that cashier to guest ambassador. Yeah. And, and really hus hospitality, greeting and whatnot. I think that's a, that's a great combination. You know, speaking of answer. toll booths, do you remember a Blazing Saddles? Do you remember that toll booth? I do. Someone's got out in the middle Someone's of the Someone's going to go back yeah. and escalate a dime. Get a, get a, get yeah. a shitload. Oh, what that asshole think of next? And the Lamar Heady uh, yeah. toll free to away in the middle of the desert. Yes. And they're all waiting. <laughs> I can yeah. say, I like that, though. I love that that came to your mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I see a toll booth, they're like, oh, someone's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, listen. We, uh, you know, Toast Point of Sale just released its restaurant trends report. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, it was full of fun food trivia. Full, full of fun trivia. food trivia. And yes, and we're going to do food service food, food service feud right now. I am going to ask Chris and Jimmy, I'm going to ask you a question. First one who gets it, the answer, buzz, buzz, buzz yes. in, gets to answer the question. All right. This is coming out of Toast's restaurant trends report. So think about restaurant trends. Okay. okay. In which state, which state sells the most amount? of alcoholic beverages during lunch service? Is it New York, Wisconsin, Florida, or Nevada? Buzz. Buzz, go, Chris. New York. 
That is incorrect. Oh. Jimmy, you can steal and win a big trip somewhere. Yeah. Very nice. I got to tell you, I think I'm going to answer it, but for I think the answer D is like the, is like the ruse. That's the ruse. Cause you think Vegas got to be lost. Nevada. I think it's Wisconsin. Jimmy, did you, did you look at this? You I swear I did not. Wisconsin, ding, ding, wow. ding, Jimbo has got the answer. I'm telling you, they like their beer. Don't get me wrong about Laverne and Shirley. Milwaukee's bet. Wait. I was just Milwaukee, going Wisconsin. with I was just going with Milwaukee. Is that was, <laughs> is, is, I think it is. Is Milwaukee, Wisconsin? I hope it is. Maybe. Like I was constantly writing. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on average, alcohol beverages in Q1 2023 made up approximately 30% of items on the average Wisconsin lunch bill. Almost wow. twice the national average, which was sixteen percent. By the way, crazy. I don't want I don't want to bash our own state, but I think Chris would have been right, except New York uh, legalized the uh, kind of the marijuana laws uh, because now no one drink, drinks during drink they just smoke. No, they're just yeah. smoke. They're just smoking them. Smoking I mean, them. I got to tell you, outside our restaurants in New York City, I mean, the cafes are kind of paring down right now because it's getting a little cold. But man. I mean, the sweet smell of success is all over the streets oh, of New York. I mean, everywhere. I mean, and you can just smell that everywhere. Oh, it's yeah. Even walking around Vegas, by the way, yep. I noticed it's just. It's just you don't even smell cigarettes anymore. Nope. Yeah, you get it. You just <laughs> you get it. I mean, you're there. sitting outside in New York City. I mean, wow, wow. All right, listen, Jimbo, you did incredible All over right. there. All right, we're going Brandon Quickfire. Chris, I'm asking you five lightning round questions. This okay. is the Brandon Quickfire Las Vegas edition. Don't think too long. Don't think too hard. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Room service, toast. Do you get it with crust or no crust? Crust. Your favorite Las Vegas casino? The Bellagio. If you were to get married or renew your vows at a famous Las Vegas chapel, which celebrity would you choose to officiate? Donald Trump. <laughs> I would like to see that. That would be awesome. You know, they definitely have a Donald Trump guy definitely, marrying people. Definitely yeah, 100%. Out. Definitely out. Favorite Las Vegas movie. Is it The Hangover, Casino, Fear and Loathing, Vegas Vacation? Vegas Vacation. Boom. Boom. If they were to remake Ocean's Eleven, great movie, Ocean's Eleven, I'm sure you know, George Clooney, right? Yep. And you were cast as George Clooney. Who are you choosing as your Brad Pitt to pull off this incredible heist? I don't know what casino they, they pulled up, but I mean, it was a crazy heist. You can ask Jimmy to go into this Ocean's Eleven thing with you or Shatsy. Who are you going to ask to be your Brad Pitt, your George Clooney? Is it Shatsy? I'm going Jimmy. Well, I gotta agree Jimmy, with that one. Jim, agree Jimmy's so when got, the police are chasing Jimmy, you think, oh, because you know they're gonna got catch more him. Of this like mafioso yeah. kind of thing going on. I feel yes, like I, 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 I agree with Chris on the chats. I think you've been distracted. You agree with Chris. Well, I just in this, and I don't always look. I don't always think that I'm the right one to choose to be the partner. But in this case, I think you'd be so distracted, and your your ADD, you'd be like, "What? I was supposed to be where? When? Yeah. Chris, to- where the fuck are you? Hey. We're robbing the casino right now. And, uh, oh shit! I'm by the pool. I." I had to remember. Clean it up, potty mouth. Clean it up. And, we got, kid, and, and, we got and a kid a, show here. As a restaurant CEO, you got to know that I'm going to go with my finance guy, yes. my right hand guy. All the that time. is that is true. We are at Jimmy's show. It is the it is it is, <laughs> it is the restaurant is the finance money show. show. That's right. All right, listen. I know you got to go open up a whole bunch of more Freddies. This was really fantastic. Love having you on the podcast. And I'm disappointed I picked on Jimmy. Though I got to tell you, I do great nice. I'm sure you. And do I can well. wear like a black hat and. Yeah, I think actually the two of y'all would do better with me and there we go. Me and the next. There we go. Three. The little trio. Ocean's three. All right. All right, man. This was great. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. If there's one constant in the restaurant industry, it's change. 
Whether you're a growing brand trying to build cutting-edge experiences for your guests or a national leader with thousands and thousands of stores looking to update your tech stack, well, Toast brings together proven technology, expertise, and innovations you need to drive change and spark growth. That's right. Drive change and spark growth. From front of house to back of house and everything in between, corporate teams, franchisees, enterprise brands, mom pops, SMBs, you name it, everyone is loving Toast. With over 100,000 operators using Toast, you know, you know it's the best POS out there. And many more trust Toast to help them stay ahead of the curve and thrive in this changing restaurant world that we love. To learn more about Toast, go to ToastTab.com. That's ToastTab.com. And I got to tell you, you're going to love it. Mention Shatsy, and I think they're going to give you some crazy discount. Jimbo, I got to tell you, Freddy's is doing some amazing things out there. I mean, 10,000 stores in three years? Who is this guy? Nobody opens stores like this. No one opens stores. Let's let's go with that. 10,000, sure. Chicken sandwich is now 80% of the menu. Chicken sandwiches? Leave the numbers to me, Shatsy, please. Oh, I got to tell you. Well, that was a... Freddy's is amazing. I'm loving it. I can't wait till they come to New York City because I love the the shakes. The shakes are awesome. I got to tell you, Jimmy, we got another amazing guest. You know, when I was in London a couple years back at one of those city events, I met the our, our, the next guest, and we had a great time. I don't think he had a great time, but I had a great time meeting. We had a great. We went out and had a couple great meals. I think we. I think you sat at a restaurant, waited for me about four hours, but we had a great time. Great steak, and and I think what's really super exciting is. We've got Chris Wren here. Chris is the vice president, head of international development for Dairy Queen. Now, for all of you listeners out there, no, Jimmy Frischling. Jimmy Frischling, Camp Brent Lake, very special. Anytime Jimmy did something nice, like if he scored a goal, he made his bed in the bunk, they, they took him out to Dairy Queen, right? It wasn't a Jimmy Frischling thing. It was if your team had a win, the, the winning team celebrated at Dairy Queen or, as I affectionately call it, DQ. 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 And, and by the way, Jimmy's going to, we got a special, a special thing happening here in a little bit. Before we get to it, I want to talk a little about our guest, Chris Wren. We're going to go back a little bit in time. Okay. We want to know how Chris became Chris Wren. <laughs> it's Western University, political science, history. He says, I want to be something, maybe a politician, maybe a historian. I don't know. <laughs> but certainly did not want to get into restaurants. He gets an MBA. From SMU, SMU, great school, MBA, University, absolutely. Yes. And he's working. He's working for Pizza Hut, and there at Pizza, Hut, he gets the bug. He gets the bug. He says, "You know what? I don't like politics. I don't like history." <laughs> he said, "I want to go and work in pizza. Somehow touch pizza." He goes to Yum Brands, Pizza Hut, France, Dine Brands, Citibank Restaurant Franchising. I don't even know what that means, but it's on my script. <laughs> and then he goes to Wingstop. At Wingstop, he opens up hundreds and hundreds of stores all over the world. And now he's at Dairy Queen, and he's a guest on The Hangout. Chris, tell us everything. Well, <laughs> what a pleasure to be here. Well, That's how a I, lot. How, That's yeah. A lot. <laughs> so it, it's good to be with the fun kids, which is not difficult to be the fun kids at a restaurant finance and development <laughs> conference. Let's, let's be clear when you're surrounded by a bunch of bankers. But uh, it's always fun. <laughs> So yeah, look, hey, the first job I ever had was working at a Wendy's when I was 16 in London, Ontario, where I grew up. And it was the hardest job I've ever had over the course of my life. And that's a terribly difficult job. And I thought I would never work in a restaurant again as long as I lived. 
ironically, every job I've had since I got out of school has been working for a restaurant company other than one about a year in the car wash business. I did my internship at Brinker, you know, and all the people that I was going to school with, they were talking to like insurance firms or talking to airlines or talking to banks. And it just seemed like excruciatingly boring. And then Brinker came in and they were interviewing and a job came up doing planning and analysis and it was fun. You know, it was a fun business at that time. Brinker had like eight or nine different concepts and I just had a blast of a summer. And then after that, I'm like, this is all I want to do. And I went to work for Pizza Hut, PepsiCo at that time when I graduated. And since then it's been restaurants all day, every day, pretty much. So this is all I want to do. You know, my stint outside of the restaurant business was a massive failure. So I'm not going to do that again. And this is what I'm going to be doing until I, I check out. So I think that is awesome. And, and not unlike yourself, my, my first job, underage, busboy, barback, waiter, bartender. I yeah. left the industry for a little while, for quite a while. I didn't see a career path for myself. Then then the, put some capital, I went to Wall Street, put some money into Shati's first restaurant, and now I'm back full time. And I gotta tell you, it really is just a special industry. Nothing's easy, but the community and the camaraderie and ultimately the serving of guests and the seeing the immediate satisfaction or otherwise, I don't know of a more high touch business than the hospitality and restaurant business. No, it's a riot. I mean, the lessons I learned at Wendy's a million years ago yep. still are useful today. You know, you have to have some empathy for the people in the restaurants and how hard they work under tough conditions. And mm -hmm. I still think about that all the time, but it's great to be talking to you guys. Yep. I love your podcast. I love your postings on LinkedIn. I mean, you guys will name drop like Thomas Aquinas and Kenny Powers, like in the same, <laughs> you know, the same posting. So it's always name dropping. Yeah, you do. You we do. do. We, we do. do. We do. So listen, this will be, this will be embarrassment at my own expense. This is self-effacing. Go with Jimbo, um, but I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit of it. Let's I can't, hear. I can't sing, but this is all out of love. Let's hear the, so, let's so hear the cheer, Queen Jimbo. Cheers to Brant Lake Camp. I started there in 1978, camper till '83, counselor to '89. But here we go. Mm -hmm. Dairy Queen, we love you so. Whether we eat there or it's to go, your brazer burgers are delish. I like them better than a canish. You are the keeper of my belly. You are an autorontic deli. My queen for you, I'd gladly die by jumping off an Eskimo pot. Dairy queen, we love you so. Oh, man. I got to tell you. That was pretty I amazing. I mean, we got, like, look. If there that's not are part, no dangers. I, no. I'll is there another verse? Oh, there's another verse. I'll oh, there's more? That's enough. That's enough. I got to tell you, Chris's head is spinning right now. Oh, He's God. already talking to the marketing team. Yes. And I think this is Well, the legal be, team, too. There may be some IT infringement going the, on there as yes. well, right? So. <laughs> the legal team. <laughs> Brand Lake's going to get a cease and desist for letting the Maybe. kids sing that song. Maybe. The camp's been around for over 100 years. D DQ has been in, in the song contest for as long as there's been a DQ in the Adirondacks. I have to say, I'm not the only Brent Laker that knows every word to that song. We've sung it. We owned it. And DQ is where we celebrated, celebrated the way we got off camp. So I love it. it. But listen, let's, you know, kidding aside, a lot of operations expanding in the U.S. alone is hard enough. But to leave the country in international expansion, that is something that's really left for the pros. So can you share a little bit more, you know, about today and Dairy Queen's international franchising growth and your top markets that you're looking at? Yeah. So, you know, the international business for Dairy Queen is actually very, very large. Um, we have over 2,500 restaurants internationally, including over a thousand, more than a thousand, 1,100 or 1,200, I think in China, 500 in, in, uh, in Thailand, uh, over 300 in Mexico, uh, a bunch in Southeast Asia and a few other locations. And then there's still plenty of open development opportunities in Europe and South America and the Middle East and a few other places. I mean, our international business is primarily ice cream. Uh, as opposed to burgers and fries, right, although right. that's an area of opportunity. You know, the ice cream business is a fabulous business. Uh, you know, the margins are great. Uh, people will 
seemingly consume an unlimited quantity of ice cream. There's no marginal utility top upside on that. <laughs> Visually, the product is abundant and interesting and colorful. It photographs really well, and there's nobody else doing what Dairy Queen does. And additionally, and as you can tell from your song, I mean, we've got so much love for the brand. We've got 70 years of history and mythology yep. and lore in the brand. There's not a lot of brands that have that level of history. And as you pointed out, I am a historian. You know, that was my original educational background yeah. before I became an MBA. So there's a lot to work with and a big runway. And we get a lot of people, you know, asking about Dairy Queen and when are we going to get there and, and how soon are we going to get there and what's it going to look like? And, you know, we've been occupied recently with Asia, but, but, you know, watch out, you know, there's all sorts of other places. Yeah, where are you going? Like what's, what's on your, what's on your mind right now? When you think about Dairy Queen expansion, what countries are you like really excited? I think <clears throat> got to get in there and really get it going. Well, the Gulf, you know, would be a huge area of opportunity. I mean, that's kind of, if you're going to go international, one of the first places that you go, there's a lot of reasons why it's U.S. dollar denominated for the most part, or mm -hmm. the currencies are U.S. pegged. Supply chain's easy because you're shipping containers full of mm -hmm. stuff. There's tons of money going into the sector. Mm -hmm. right. People enjoy eating. They enjoy socializing. They enjoy eating ice cream. So that's a big area of opportunity. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the United Kingdom and Europe, you know, that's those are very, 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 um, very, very tempting ice cream markets. They do consume a lot of ice cream. There's not a big soft serve provider there. So we're providing something a little bit different. Those are, you know, not the easiest place to do business in some ways. But, mm -hmm. you know, the UK in particular is a market of interest. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then other parts I of love Asia. The dip. Is that what's your favorite thing at Dairy well, it's got to be a blizzard, obviously. What's the blizzard? The, well, blizzard. the, the blizzard. I always, always like the, no, it's the, a blizzard. The, the dip with the with, and the chocolate hardens. It's nice. It's good. Yeah, and, it's and good. What about the it's very nice. It's not, but it's not the, the blizzard, blizzard, man. The blizzard. Uh, that's that's uh, the. That's I'm the not gonna. I'm not gonna. Hey, listen, I was a fribble guy, you know. No, I was a friendly fribble guy. Really. Really, we have our friend from DQ here, and you're talking fribbles and friendlies. Well, really? Because I went, I went yeah, to camp, little and went to friendlies. Yeah. A little offended by that, but that's right. okay. Don't be offended. All right, I'm moving. <laughs> never again. Never again. No, you thank know, you for having again. me. You're, you're my friend. You're my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. You know something? I think in the restaurant business, one thing is that you, as you pointed out, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a fun business. We have a good time, and maybe the finance conference may be a little boring because you got a lot of the bankers. No disrespect to the bankers. We do love the bankers. Yeah. The bankers are important. Right? Not the bankers. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have any money without the bankers. But you know, I always think like I met my wife at working at, at a restaurant, and so many people I know have met their significant other working at a restaurant. I just think of all the funny stories that we have over the years of working in a restaurant. I mean, you've been in a business for a long time. Is there something that stands out, something really funny that happened to you in, in your travels, in your restaurant world, something that you you want to share? If not, it's going to really ruin this entire bit, by the way. If you say no, it's going to ruin this entire bit. Yeah, it's hard to figure out where to start. Look, I mean, this, this, is, this is a really fun business, and if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. You're selling a product that when people eat it, they should be having fun. I mean, you don't see people saying, I'm eating ice cream. I mean, I've had a terrible time. Like people no, are, I mean, no, pizza, I'm having it. People, people no, don't say that, no, you know? Definitely not. I don't um, think people eat and say they have a terrible time. No. Well, unless you're eating something really horrible, yeah, that, that would not be that? our product. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I, recently, recently I was in Southeast Asia. I was in the Philippines and it's, you know, it's really touching and amazing. You know, when you go to these markets and these stores and you meet the crew, you know, and, and they're working hard and, and they're working hard under tough conditions. And, you know, in many ways, this business is a ladder to prosperity and success, sure. right? Which is one of the best things about it is just the hierarchy of our businesses, such as it enables people to be successful and work their way up. Uh, you know, but when I was there recently, you know, we visited multiple stores and in each store, the crew had prepared a proprietary local dance 
specific to their store to be performed for all of us there. And, you know, our director of operations actually participated. I had no idea, but he's actually a hell of a dancer. Really? Oh, absolutely. I, I got to send you the video yeah, later. But um, the video. But, but like, that's just one of, of many, many touching, you know, hilarious, fun stories, right. and, you know, and moments that you have. I mean, you're seeing people, you know, directly in contact and making people happy. You know, it's just great to be providing a product that brings so much pleasure, affordable pleasure to so many people so often. And that's what ice cream, you know, can do. What can ice cream do? I what can be, ice cream I, do? Ice cream makes people happy. That's it does. Damn sure. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I don't think we need beer summits. We need ice cream summits. Well, yeah. there's a beer summits not bad. No, it's a beer and ice cream. Beer I have no cream. problem with that. A beer blizzard. Or yeah, beer I love yeah. soft serve. I really do. I do too. I, I'm not a big fan of the fan of the, the, the hard pack. I think that's yeah. like a lot of work. Yeah. But the soft serve, you know, and it, it's not something you can have at home for the most part, right? I mean, nah, like you really hard can. pack, you can buy a pint of ice cream and you can bring it home. Soft serve, you got to go out for it. It's an event. It's an occasion. It's a great point. That's you got to go get, got to go live. Got to be on press. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I would take the hard ice cream. Yeah. And kind of melt it, swoosh it all around. I do that to now. get it. Like I put it in the, in the microwave for like four seconds. Yeah. I got to watch and Sometimes I do 14 and it's like a, a puddle just, of ice yeah, cream and that sucks. <laughs> but when it's a little bit softer, I like that very much. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Your mom called you the messy one. Yes, 100%. Chris, you've had an extraordinary career uh, in international franchising. I think many people only dream of, of kind of touching those various brands you have. We could dedicate an entire episode, I think, to talking about some of the brands and companies and experiences that, that you have, and not just have the knowledge you have of these, but but given our time frame, mm. can you share maybe one or two of the greatest hits, the greatest lessons you've learned throughout your career? And I think for our listeners, and thankfully a lot of them are operators, I think the international franchising would be really important to them. But the one or two greatest hits from your best album there, Chris. Like things I've learned on the job. Things you learn on the job. Yeah. So look, best case scenario for me, other than being a political scientist historian, was probably like <laughs> was, was like screwing hubcaps on a Crown Vic in Talbotville, Ontario. So, you know, the, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that this business has given me over the course of my life. Right. I've traveled the world. I met my wife. I've, you know, lived in France. I lived in the United Kingdom. I can only dream, you know, of, of, of what I've been able to experience and enjoy. So I'm really grateful for that. One thing that comes to mind immediately is how to visit a restaurant. All right. And, and the power that you can have as like a corporate employee. And then, you know, I'm not making food and selling it. That's where the real, those are the people yep. that do the real work. Right. But the power of the influence and impact you can have visiting a restaurant and recognizing people for what they do at the restaurant. And Yum's particularly good at that. You know, David Novak in terms of recognizing people and providing recognition for it. Mm -hmm. But you can visit and you can have your blue blazer on and you can kind of stand back and not be deeply involved in what's going on. Or you can get right into it. You can get right into the rhythm of it. You can engage directly. You can ask people questions. You can thank them. You can know specific things about them. You can prepare before you get there so you know what's going on at the restaurant and talk about it knowledgeably. And that can have a profound motivational impact on the people who are making the money and doing the real work and interfacing with the customer. So that's something a little bit earlier on in my career, I probably would have been a little bit more cynical about. Mm -hmm. But as I've gotten older and you have kids and spend more time in the business, you know, I've gotten a lot more sentimental, you know, idealistic. Yes. And, and you're, wiser. The you're wiser. Very much wiser. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And you're better looking. Yeah, yeah, no, knowledge is cumulative. It is cumulative in this business in particular. Yes. And a lot of it, I mean, there's a lot of great innovation and I know you guys are invested in that, involved in that, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, it's the second cycle, third cycle, fourth cycle, and having seen it before you can, you know, 
have an outsized impact just having been through a couple of cycles of the business and you know we're in a complicated part of the cycle right now yeah no you're 100 correct i An love it another element i guess of learning on the job which i guess ties into number one is to know your history right you know I have, i've jumped around to a number of different companies but the first thing that i try to do whenever i get there is to learn what happened before right because i don't want to be the person that comes in and it's like do this, do this, do this. And everybody's quietly thinking, well, we did that we before. Did we that. did what that before. What is this idiot doing? What is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't like, he do any homework? And I've worked for great brands like Dairy Queen, like IHOP, like Applebee's, like KFC, like Taco Bell. Those brands did not appear overnight. Yep. Right. That's the cumulative result of the efforts of thousands of people over a long period of time. A lot of mistakes of too, I'm sure. A lot of horrible mistakes yeah. made over the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you hear so much, they change the C-suite and the guy goes in their gangbusters and starts ripping everything apart. And he didn't really talk to the people yeah. that have been there and really understand things a little bit. And, oh, he tried that. Okay, maybe just try it a different way or something like that. You know, we've done a lot of, uh, we've, had the, we've had the privilege and so fortunate that we've done quite a few podcasts. And I'd say, first of all, it it's amazes me the consistency of the executives we, we have as our guests. I think almost every single one of them, first of all, cut their teeth as an hourly yeah. uh, worker on the floor. As, as you did. I'll also say, like so many others who are in this industry, you always focus on the people. Yeah. And you talk about the lesson learned is how do you approach? Mm -hmm. And I think guests, you don't have to be in this industry to approach the, these restaurants or enter a restaurant while Chris was doing it as a member of the corporate team. As a guest, you can have, you can improve your own experience and how you approach the restaurant, how you engage. Think of it as an experience you're going to have together with the staff as opposed to them serving you. Think about the experience you're about to have together. And I think you're going to find a, a truly better experience if you do it that way. Yes, I'm speaking on behalf of the restaurant tours and, and the, and the staff, but I have to tell you, it'll make, it'll give you a better experience. There's my, there's my PSA, my public service. I loved it, Jimmy. And I got to tell you, you bring a little tear to my eye. Tear We're going to jump right into the food service feud, Jimmy. Food service feud. And a matter of time, we got, we don't have a lot of it because Dairy Queens need to be open in the GCC. The Gulf region is yearning, yearning, I say, for Dairy Queen. And Chris has to get there. Yeah, the Dairy so, Queen truck is, is the engine's running out back. Running, out, running, running out back. All right, here we go. Food service feud. Yeah. Here we go. Basically, Toast just released their Q2 restaurant trends report. Huge report. Five, 10,000 pages of great information. A lot of fun food trivia. All right. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Mm. And I want you to get your your fake buzzers or your your make believe buzzers. Yep. And you're gonna hit first. Whoever buzzes in first gets to answer. And there's okay. a fabulous prizes somewhere over there. Excellent. Okay. Here we go. When it comes to tipping, which state in the U.S. has the most generous tippers? Is it New York, Delaware, Tennessee, or Nevada? Go. Nevada. Chris says Nevada. Came in fast and hot. Jimmy he came in fast. He's wrong. Jimmy, you can steal and win fabulous prizes for the entire Frischling family. Yeah, I, I'm going with, with what I, I'm going with my answer. And I, have to, I think you're going to tell me I'm I wrong. I want you to go with your answer. New York, baby. New York. Went with New York. And I'm sorry, everybody. We have two losers today <laughs> on the food well. service feud. The answer, the correct answer is obviously Delaware. I don't know why it's obvious. But Delaware, when it comes to tipping, Delaware has the most generous tippers in the U.S. That average tip size of 21.5%. By the way, way to go, Delaware. I got to tell you, Delaware. I never would have thought Delaware. I never, I, I never would have thought Delaware. I wouldn't have thunk it. I really got to tell you. All right, listen. Brandon Quickfire, Las Vegas edition, live. Live from the Toe Studios in fabulous Las Vegas. Here we are. Here we go. Brandon Quickfire. 
Chris, are you ready? I am ready. Five lightning round questions. Oh, okay. Room service toast, crust or no crust? Crust. Crust. Favorite Las Vegas casino, sir? Cosmopolitan. If you were to get married or renew your vows at a famous Las Vegas chapel with a celebrity, which celebrity would you choose to officiate? Jimi Hendrix. Oh, good answer. Interesting. Jimi Hendrix. They got to have one of those here. They got to have a a Jimi Hendrix impersonator. Favorite Las Vegas movie. Is it The Hangover? Is it Casino? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or Vegas Vacation? That isn't even a choice. It's Casino. Oh, like I don't even know what to say to that. Casino. There's no, that's the only option. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This is where things get a little dicey. Mm. Remember Ocean's Eleven? Do I? George Clooney, handsome devil. If we were to remake Ocean's Eleven, and you were cast as Clooney, you're Clooney. Yeah. Okay. And now you got to pick who's going to play Brad Pitt. Who's going to be your Brad Pitt? Is it Jimmy to pull off the high, to pull off this big crazy heist? Jimmy or Shatsy? Well, I would actually pick my boss, Nicholas Boudet. Would be <laughs> who I would pick is the obvious choice to be the Brad Pitt character. So it's none of us. None of you. None of you. All right. Well, I got to yeah. tell you. I mean, I guess he took one look at us. He's like, I got to tell you, neither one of you guys even resemble. I got to bring in the money player. I'm bringing in Nicholas. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I got to tell you. I, I just don't want to start a feud between the two of you guys. I know how much nice. you value my opinion. If I, I pick one, but if I pick Nicholas, it's, 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 you know, it's I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, I got to tell you, Jimmy, you want to sing one more verse of the Dairy Queen song? No, we're good. But I'm going to do a whole video and send it to Chris and his team and then they can take litigation action against my we will redact it appropriately redact it how about appropriately. that yeah, yeah. Said, Chris super excited that you're Dairy Queen love it and can't wait to uh, I can't wait for you to come to New York City and break some bread man. no it's time to get out to New York but yeah, I love what you guys it. do it's always great to see you and everybody all your friends here at RFDC all kidding aside it's a wonderful event you get to see everybody you've ever it's met good. ever it's just a real pleasure, and it's so good to be back live and in person, you know, Agreed. after so many years of nonsense, and this year has just been nuts. So, like, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, this was right. awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you, Chris Wren, sir. Thank you, Gentlemen, Chris. thank you, right. man. Thank you. If there's one constant in the restaurant industry, it's change. Whether you're a growing brand trying to build cutting-edge experiences for your guests or a national leader with thousands and thousands of stores looking to update your tech stack, well, Toast brings together proven technology, expertise, and innovations you need to drive change and spark growth. That's right. Drive change and spark growth. From front of house to back of house and everything in between, corporate teams franchisees, enterprise brands, mom pops, SMBs, you name it, everyone is loving Toast. With over 100,000 operators using Toast, you know, you know it's the best POS out there. And many more trust Toast to help them stay ahead of the curve and thrive in this changing restaurant world that we love. To learn more about Toast, go to ToastTab.com. That's ToastTab.com. And I got to tell you, you're going to love it. Mention Shatsy, and I think they're going to give you some crazy discount.